here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Pat and Scott in week 13. This is our start sit episode. Uh, you know, we'd like to go back and forth each week and tell you who or who not to start, sit, you know, whatnot uh, at certain positions mostly that affect your fantasy team quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver. And we do include team defenses as most leagues tend to. We don't talk kickers here. They're not a four letter word, but we know some leagues have completely abolished the position. So we. We move off of that. We appreciate you listening to us here. Uh, you know, this is our second season, getting it under our belt. And we do appreciate all those that like and subscribe and share, uh, you know, the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Podbean, YouTube. You're able to check us out on there as well. So again, anything you can do to throw your support our way, we do appreciate it. We, we know you're out there listening. And again, you know, let other people know, hey, you know, these guys are great. They're funny. These guys are idiots. They have no clue. You should totally listen to them crash and burn, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> get it out there. Get it out there for us, please. Uh, we do appreciate uh, all your support on that level. Pat, you want to hit them with the socials? Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at the Nine Route one and at Scott from Delco. We also have our website, which is www.thenineroutefb.com. Or if you wish to email the show, you can do so at the nine route FFB at gmail.com as well. Yeah, mostly we do the start set episode just so that, you know, we can still compete against each other. This is pretty much, you know, what boys do their entire lives is they make a group of friends and then they try to beat their friends at everything that they possibly can. So uh, this is really just for us. We're glad you guys are listening, but um I mean, I really just want to make sure that I just beat Scott into the ground and make sure that he knows that uh, I know more about fantasy football than he does. That's pretty much the whole reason we do this episode. Um, Speaking of smelling fear, uh, you want to hit him with the week 12 review? Because <laughs> I know I'm inching closer to you. You had a nice lead, but it's just not going to last, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, this week, is this is it's very strange. So... Same thing happened last week where it's always strange when you lose. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how he did it. Listen, but I, I'm it. trying. I'm trying to soften the blow for you <laughs> because somehow we both have one player pending still tonight. I have Matt Ryan as my start. You have Deontay Johnson as your sit. Mm -hmm. So our weekly record so far, as far as our start sits, you were six one and two. You had two players who were injured or didn't, you know, left the game or didn't play because of injury. So we don't count those against you. But six and one on your start sits really good. I was six and two with one injury on mine mm -hmm. with still one pending, obviously. So even though you had a slightly better record at six and one, I somehow won the heads up five to four. We did have another tie are both of our starts at the defense position scored 11 points so we got a tie on that one but uh yeah it was a weird week it, it just happens to work out that the way we do the head-to-head -head is we literally go like you know quarterback start for quarterback start whoever has the most points uh you know you could you could be right you could absolutely kill it and still lose now there is a possibility if somehow matt ryan has more than 32.8 points tonight that i could uh take a bigger lead uh, there's also, I don't think there's an, a chance for, 
for you. I gave you the point for Deontay Johnson because, or no, maybe it was the other way around because Darnell Mooney was injured. So in our head to head, it's a little bit different. We do get penalized for the injuries because we kind of have to count them in some fashion when it comes to head to head. doesn't affect, like I said, our overall percentages of right and wrong, you know, moving forward, but it does in the head to head. We definitely, you know, we, I just basically look at dead numbers. If your guy was injured and he scored zero, then hopefully you had him in the sit column and not the start column, because if not, then you lost that matchup, but that has happened to both of us. So it's not something that is tilting the tables in any way. Uh, our overall record heading into week 13, I am up 62 to 55 and we now have three ties on the season. So got you by seven, which again, isn't a ton, but it's tough to make up unless you really kill a week. Like even if you beat me eight to two, you only make up six. It's difficult because you really have to nail your starts and your sits, which uh, are pretty difficult to do. Honestly. I mean, we do our best here to, to give you some good start sit advice, but I mean, you never like got like you had, a, you had, uh, who'd you have? You had, um, Kenneth Walker as your, start for the week which hey you won that one good job he uh he finished the day with 16.9 points but Mm -hmm. he fell into the end zone twice didn't really do a whole lot running the ball which hey all we care about is the fantasy points i don't care (laughs) so you ended up winning that matchup but it's you know like i said it's you can't if if kenneth walker doesn't score a touchdown he ends the day with like four fantasy points. And I'm not saying that to, you know, specifically dog you out. That just happened to be the guy off of the top of my head who, yeah. you know, had Did I get credit for that. my quarterback switch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I gave you okay, that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You, just ch- you just did have, uh, you did have Davis Mills. And then when I actually text you, I remember I texted you earlier in the week and said, hey, you, you switch into uh, Kyle Allen now that Mills is out. And uh, your answer was Mike White. And so uh, that's 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 who you got credit for. Good job. You definitely uh, definitely called that one there. But Matt Ryan still has to play, so you never know. He could absolutely light up the Steelers tonight and uh, I need, make that gap so, a little bit bigger. Nah, I need. I really need him to like just to have. It's weird. Like my my one league where I have defense, uh, the big crazy league. It's like I have a defense. I have Miles Jack left to play, and I have Michael Pittman. I'm down 20, and he's got Matt Ryan. So I need the offense to just completely fall apart, Pittman to somehow get like a jet sweep touchdown, <laughs> and and, uh, and Miles Jack just go insane and, and have like 25 tackles on uh, Jonathan Taylor and, and the rest of the offense. A couple sacks wouldn't hurt. I mean, there's potential for me to have a shot, but I don't know if we'll be able to do it. But And, and on top of that, yeah, I need Matt Ryan to stink it up for uh, for this for this as well. He doesn't even have to stink it up for me to lose this one. He just has to not absolutely destroy the Steelers because I think yeah. Mike White finished as the quarterback three or four so far on the week. So uh going to be tough for, for Matt Ryan to eclipse that. But uh, He's tight end five in our dude. league. Yeah, as of right now. Yeah, so he's... He's tight end five. He's or if, tight he, end, if he wow. played tight end, he'd be tight end one. Trust QB. Me. Sorry, I get those letters all mixed. <laughs> it's two letters are side by side. Yeah, QB five. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, and Mike White is fifth. Wow. Well, good call. We eh. only get one. For <laughs> That's it. what we do here at the at the nine <laughs> round. We, we go deep. We go deep. We 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 are not afraid. You'll notice that with one of my uh, one of my start set picks this week. So. 
right, well, let's let's get into them. We've done the review, so let's let's do the start sits. I had the advantage this week, five to four. Mm-hmm. So I'll start. I'll start this week. Start sits. My start this week at the quarterback position is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we talked about Jimmy G a few weeks ago and how he had by far the best remaining schedule of all of the streaming options at quarterback. This week is another one of those good matchups, but this one comes attached to an offense that has scored the seventh most points per game so far in the season. And as good as the 49ers defense has been this year, the Dolphins have been incredibly hard to stop. This should mean a a fairly high scoring game. And that will, should force the 49ers offense to be a little bit more aggressive throwing the ball. And like we said before, Jimmy G doesn't have to beat you with his arm like Joe Montana or with his legs like Steve Young. He just needs to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers and let them rack up the points for him. Two weeks ago versus Arizona, he threw four touchdown passes. Two of those TD passes were George Kittle making things happen after the catch. So as long as Jimmy G can keep getting the ball to his playmakers, which... San Francisco has three of the best in the league as far as yards after the catch. Talking about uh, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. I think Jimmy G can put up respectable touchdown numbers pretty much any week. As long as those touchdowns come on passes uh, and not rushes, which, you know, again, San Francisco is up there. One of the top teams in the league as far as rushing touchdowns. But I think with the Dolphins matchup, going to be some some scoring going on the other side of the football. So, the uh, 49ers are going to have to keep up, and I think that uh, is going to lead to a pretty big day for Jimmy G. Eh, hopefully not. Uh, my start of the week, uh, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Uh, I'm going to roll again. I am going to take Mike White against those Minnesota Vikings. In his first start of the season uh, for a benched Zach Wilson, with a lot more weapons than he even had last year in, in a couple spot starts where he included a, a monster game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike White kind of went off. Again, we just said about him being, he was <laughs> tight uh, tight end. I want to say it again. He was quarterback five in our league of record this week and not really expecting uh, anything to change there. 22 of 28 for 315, three touchdowns, was only sacked once, got uh, you know, multiple people involved in the game. You know, Elijah Moore, people that thought he was no longer on the roster. Guess what? You're involved. I just look at he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different receivers. Zach Wilson ain't doing that, folks. Sorry, not happening. Garrett Wilson, him and the rookie had a nice connection. Five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Going up against the Minnesota Vikings, who really stink uh, defensively this season. They're just, they're really bad. They give up a lot of points to the position, about 20 points a game alone to the quarterback position. Uh, Wide receivers tend to feast on them a little bit too. Uh, If you look at them overall in the league, uh, passing yards, they are giving up, let's see, I don't know, third most in the league, uh, almost uh, close to 400 yards total a game in in total yards. Uh, They're giving up about 276 yards passing a game. So that is... That's that's one of your leakier passing defenses. For a quarterback, it's actually the worst. <laughs> uh, Steelers still have to go tonight, so unless they get lit up, Minnesota gives up the most yards in passing a game, about 23 points a game. They've been living off the outscoring other teams. Mike White, stardom this week with confidence, has another potential, I think, again, to be a top five 
quarterback in fantasy football. Yeah, it definitely has a potential to be a top five tight end for sure. Uh, yeah, shush. <laughs> so at running back this week, uh, yep, I'm still picking on the Texans. This time, though, it's with the backup running back. Nobody's going to sit Nick Chubb. So I'm just, you know, that's obviously, a, I'm not going to use him as, a, as my start for the week. But Kareem Hunt has actually been pretty disappointing this year. He's only been playing 46% of the snaps and has only taken 33% of the team's rushing attempts. The Browns have definitely moved away from what was a close to 50-50 committee approach that they used the last two years. And Hunt's production has suffered pretty badly because of it. In this game, however, I think the Browns could pass a little bit more than they usually do just to kind of keep Deshaun Watson, you know, kind of get him involved, you know, making sure that he understands the offense, making the right reads, things like that. And this is where Kareem Hunt tends to shine. He is their pass-catching running back. Now, again, Nick Chubb has had more targets, is on pace for more targets and receptions this year than he has any other year of his career. But Kareem Hunt is the guy who is the real pass-catching specialist out of the backfield. They could also have a really big lead, and I expect them to have a pretty big lead in this game. And I there's just no point in having Chubb run the ball when you're up. You know, if, if it gets to be to the point where the this past week against the Dolphins, I think they were down 30 to nothing uh, almost by halftime. There's no point in having your star running back out there, you know, pounding the rock just to, you know, potentially get injured. So I do think that Hunt could see a lot more carries in this game than he has in any other game this season. And the Texans are giving up 31 PPR points per game to the running back position. So even if Chubb does have a good week, which I completely expect him to, there's room for two good running backs against this defense. And this wouldn't be the first week that they've given up, uh, you know, top 15 production to two running backs in the same team. Yeah, possibly, Pat, possibly. We shall see. Guy, I kind of like it. Had a nice game yesterday. He's not a non-household name by any stretch. Aaron Jones uh, of the Green Bay Packers. Going up against the Chicago Bears this week, who, uh, again, we just kind of talked about them briefly, talking about Mike White at the quarterback position. But Aaron Jones uh, had a nice little game last night and has been pretty consistent throughout the season, starting to really come around. And now if you're going to be dealing with potential injury to Aaron Rodgers, where you are going to move on to Jordan Love, this to me is all about the opportunities being more and more in his favor. Currently, the Bears are the second worst defense in the league at stopping the run and the running back in fantasy football. They're giving up about 22 points a game to the position, 13 touchdowns. They give up the, uh, you know, the passing game as well. At the end of the day, uh, seeing if that's the case. And again, if Rogers is, is not the guy and it's Jordan Love to say that they're going to lean on, but definitely favor the ground game. And, you know, AJ Dillon is there as well. He could vulture a little bit of this production. Sometimes I've paired them up in the past for a start and sit. You kind of saw him get a little involved yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles, but Aaron Jones to me has the potential to be, again, he's another guy. I think he's got top five potential against the bears this week, which obviously is, is huge in, in fantasy football. I mean, Again, he, he's definitely started to pick up the pace last four weeks. You're looking at uh, the game against Dallas, close to 26 points in our league of record with over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, 14 points against Tennessee, and again, dropping close to 20 points, about 19 points last night 
with a little bit of a do-it-all factor and, and a receiving touchdown. Speaking of which, Pat, I know you kind of had a, and I didn't follow the final. Did you Were you able to cash in on that Aaron Jones rushing yards or did it not? No, I missed happen? it by five yards. I saw, because I saw him going and then it's like, yeah, but it was a catch. I figured it was just flat rush and not combined yardage. Yeah. yeah, if I had to go in total yards, I think I would have got there. I think it was 89. But he only had 43 rushing yards, and I think I had it at 47 and a half. So oh, I need gotcha. five more. Yeah, eh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was 99 total yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think his. I think it was like 80, 89 or something, like 89 and a half. Oh, man. Oh. oh well, this is what it is. Win some, you lose some. For my wide receiver start this week, I am going to now. I had mine in my picks in before you. So I say I'm going to piggyback off of you only because you spoke his name already, but I had him in the in the dock. I uh, really like him a lot this week. That man, Garrett Wilson, versus those Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings. Good call. The Jets start a stretch this week that basically will determine whether or not they make the playoffs. They play three teams that are leading their division and the Dolphins in their last six games. So four of the last six are against division leaders and the Miami Dolphins who... Actually, I think the Dolphins are the division leaders now in that AFC East, if I'm not mistaken, because they beat the Bills head-to-head mm-hmm. at the same record now. Uh, so four, basically, four division-leading teams in their last six games. Their defense should be able to at least keep them in all of those games. The big question so far this year has been the offense. And Mike White looked like the answer to the Jets' quarterback problems last week versus Chicago. And now he gets one of the worst defenses in the league in the Minnesota Vikings. Like you just said, the Vikings are the sixth worst versus the wide receiver position. They give up almost 40 PPR points per game to the wide receivers. And Garrett Wilson has become the alpha wide receiver on this team coming into the year. He didn't know was Corey Davis going to be, you know, the, the established veteran Elijah Moore showed a lot of promise at the end of last year, you know, Garrett Wilson, obviously coming in as a rookie. Like how was this, sort of going to shake out, but Wilson has been the man and he has shown that he is the man. And I think if the Jets want to have any chance of winning enough of these next few games to make the playoffs, they're going to need to do it on offense. And I think this Minnesota Vikings team is just a team to do it against, especially with as bad as their defense has been this year. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see. uh, You're going to try to steal some of my points right there, buddy. I don't (laughs) like you no more. Um, Moving on to my wide receiver start of the week. Uh, I'm looking at you, one Tyler Lockett. Uh, He's had a pretty solid season uh, overall. Uh, Last four weeks, he's uh, wide receiver 21. DK Metcalf starting to get a little more involved, too, with that offense, uh, you know, where he was a little, little lost at the beginning of the year. Tyler Lockett's uh, 14th in our league of record for the season. Uh, tied for fourth in the league with six receiving touchdowns. So, you know, not to say dependency, but it's good to see overall that he does get involved. He's got a good matchup but this week against those Los Angeles Rams, who we talked about are, are starting to leak a little too much oil based on injuries, injuries, injuries. If there is truth to Aaron Donald not being healthy, possibly being injured, I know that this week it's supposed to shake out. Definitely going to help keep Geno Smith safe when it comes to pass rush and, and things of that nature. The Rams overall defensively, they're not last year's team, so they definitely leak a lot of times the way teams do after that. They get in, into a funk, but the injuries are definitely factoring in. You know, the Rams, they do give up points to the quarterback position as well. Geno Smith has had a very, very pro- comeback player of the year, I got to think, uh, you know, or some potential there. 
based on resurrecting his career, at least in, in theory. But I like Tyler Lockett a lot this week against the Rams. I think he's going to do very well. I think he's got top 10, possibly top five potential. In a game now for Seattle, they are in virtually must-win mode uh, at this point. They really can't afford to you know, lose any more games. Yesterday was tough against the Raiders. It wasn't conference. But from here on out, and this being a division game, I like Tyler Lockett to uh, to do pretty well against those Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, Lockett's been... I don't want to say surprisingly good, but I think the loss of Russell Wilson had everybody pushing him and Metcalf down in the beginning of the season. And they've, they've shown that, you know, well, first of all, Geno Smith has shown that he can, he can still play quarterback and has been astonishingly good this year. And, and Lockett and Metcalf have not fallen nearly as far as I thought. I think I want to say Lockett's actually ahead of where he finished last year as far as wide receivers. I want to say he's like somewhere around wide receiver 13 or 14 on the season. And I think last yeah. year he finished around 16. So, you know, still having a Tyler Lockett season. That's a definitely a good call there. Yeah, because he was so – and bringing up Russell Wilson, like he was boomer bust with him. He'd have those games where he'd put up 50 points. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't hear from him for the rest of the season. And there's no way somebody has that ability but to see – yeah, last year with injured Russell Wilson, and he kind of took to the forefront. And Metcalf, that was kind of a lost season. And yeah, this year to see what's what's been going on with, like you say, maybe a, a more competent quarterback. Uh, you know, at least it looks that way on paper when you look at both teams. And Metcalf kind of quietly sneaking back into relevance over the last few weeks, getting healthy and stuff like that. Yeah, Seattle's got playoff potential. And it, again, yeah, I, I feel like this week, let alone for the rest of the year, he's a guy that can help you out uh, to win your league. Absolutely. All right. So my start of the week at tight end, I am going to go with Gerald Everett from the Los Angeles Chargers. Everett's he's he's a weird guy every week to rank because he's got some games where he does really well. And then some games he sort of disappears, but he's still top 10 in targets uh, tied for 11th in receptions. It just seems like he's he gets enough action to be fantasy relevant, but not enough to like actually win you your week. Uh, so I again, there's not many tight ends that are going to consistently win you a week. It's it's basically Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, and I mean that's really probably it. I mean I guess Dalton Schultz is a guy who's turned in a couple of good games, finishes the tight end one. This past week, uh, obviously, you know, barring the Monday night situation and, and, you know, what happens there. But Everett's one of those guys who, you know, like I said, is is consistent. He's solid. If he scores a touchdown, you know, he'll, he'll finish inside the top 10. If he doesn't, you know, maybe he, he doesn't score inside the top 10, but, you know, still get you a respectable, you know, seven to eight fantasy points. This week, though, they get to go up against the Raiders, who are the 26th team the six worst against the tight end position giving up about 14 ppr points per game to the position i think this is a week especially if mike williams isn't able to come back from that ankle injury yet i think this is a week where uh, again the the raiders showed that they can score and we know the chargers can score and i think it's going to be another high scoring game i believe this is the second highest over under on the week, this actually might be the highest over under on the week if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it's going to be a game where there's a ton of points and uh, definitely a, a an opportunity for Gerald Everett to shine and and get in the end zone at least once. So I like Everett this week against the Raiders. 
and I will continue on my, you know, uh, on my island. I'm, I'm going to go with this guy, Joe, for the rest of the season. And, and why not? Uh, you know, I took him <laughs> in a, a tough matchup and, and it was tough. Uh, it was an abomination of a matchup. No points scored. But Jawan Johnson uh, this week, better matchup uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, uh, again, they have a tough defense, yes, but even last year they were a little suspect against covering the tight end, keeping them out of action. They're, they've improved slightly this season, but but not by much. They still give up uh, almost nine points a game to the position uh, as a whole, which, you know, that's pretty much where you want to get to let alone double digits. And this guy up until the past game against San Fran, tough defense against the tight end, tough defense overall. Uh, New Orleans got shut out. Uh, and I know he had one potential target that he wasn't able to hold on to that would have possibly been a touchdown. Uh, and then when Alvin Kamara actually had a big fumble near the goal line, I was watching the highlight and saw him dive towards the ball, try to get there. So he almost had a chance to sneak one in, but wasn't able to do so. Prior to that, though, you're looking at the the previous three games. He had 10 receptions on 13 targets, three touchdowns, double-digit points in each game. Uh, I think he gets back on track. It's a Monday night matchup against Tampa Bay in Tampa with a little bit better opportunity compared to that ferocious San Fran defense. Uh, I love Jawan Johnson this week. And, again, I will probably roll with him for, for the remainder of the season because uh, he is my guy when it comes to fantasy football tight ends. You know I'm going to uh, beat you to the to the show sheet next week and put him in as my star. Shotgun, just so, just so you know. Shotgun, just I literally just said he's going to be my guy. <laughs> I'm going to do it on purpose now. On on, even if he's got I'm, a terrible matchup. From here on out, Juwan Johnson is my tight end start <laughs> call, of the week. Can't call dibs every week. Shotgun, That's not the way this works. That's not how any of this works. All right, uh, let's move on to defenses. This week, I'm going to start the Ravens defense against the Denver Broncos. Ravens put up a little bit of a dud last week versus the Jags, but the Broncos are not the Jags. I honestly didn't think I'd say that out loud this season, but here we are. Uh, Denver's offense still hasn't found itself, and at this point, I just don't think it's going to happen. I held out hope for a little while that they would get it together, Russ would figure out this offense a little bit. But at this point, I've lost all that hope. The Broncos are the seventh worst team versus the opposing fantasy defense, giving up just under eight fantasy points per game, which strangely enough is our mark for picking our starts and sits. And the Ravens have actually been better on defense. Uh, again, not including this past week's game versus the Jaguars. But after starting the season looking a lot like last year's Ravens, who couldn't stop any opposing passing attack, They've played better over the last few weeks. They're in a tie for the lead in their division, so this is a really big game for them. They want to make sure that they stay on top of Cincinnati, and I think that the defense is going to show up in a big way this week. Since getting their secondary a little bit more healthy, the Ravens have actually given up less uh, passing yards per game over the last five games than they did over the first six. So I think that's good news for their defense, and I think that against Denver, uh, I think that's even better news for their defense. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, defense for me, it, this one should be kind of a no-brainer. I almost feel like I'm cheating right now, but but I'm not. I'm just that smart. We're looking at the Cleveland Browns going up against the Houston Texans, the worst offense in the league, the Houston Texans. 279 yards a game or average of under 16 points a game, they stink. I mean, they're they're just a bad team. We see that, and they're they're going to probably be you know 
that bad for the rest of the season going up against the defense that, you know, aren't killers, but they're going to have a nice matchup against Houston. This is that game too, by the way, this is the Deshaun Watson coming back to football against his former team. I think there's going to be a lot on the table for the Cleveland Browns to really step up and show that, you know, this is our guy and so on and so forth. Uh, I just see him kind of dominating this whole thing, you know, when it comes down to it, the Houston Texans, they're, they're a minus five in, in the turnover battle. Cleveland's actually worse. Uh, they're, they're a minus seven. Uh, you know, they fell on some hard times. At the same time, this is a, this to me is a, a no-brainer of a matchup. But Cleveland Browns are going to feast on the Houston Texans this week. And I think just based off of that matchup alone, Kyle Allen, Damian Pierce, love you, but it's going to be tough for you, buddy. We'll see. Uh, I, I like that a lot. The Browns over the Texans this week. I agree. And that's why I'm going to start my sits at quarterback with Deshaun Watson. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive. And I know that, you know, like you just said, there's that whole revenge game narrative with him coming back to Houston and playing against his former team and all that stuff. Not like the NFL didn't, you know, plan that or anything when they when they decided how many weeks he was going to sit for. But I am going to hold off on starting him for, for this week for a couple different reasons. The obvious one is he hasn't played a game in the NFL in almost two years, and more than likely he's going to be rusty. The second is Kevin Stefanski is not the like your run-up-the-score kind of coach. Don't get me wrong. He's going to want to win this game, and he's going to want to win comfortably, but I can't see him calling a ton of pass plays if the Browns are up big, which I expect them to be. I mean, I think somehow if the Texans can keep this game close, Watson may be forced to throw and end up, you know, could end up having a good game. But again, even if they do have to throw a bunch, then you still have to revert back to the first thing I brought up, which was he hasn't played a game in, like I said, almost two years. The last game he played was in 2020 when there was no fans in the stands. You remember that was the the COVID year. So they were playing in empty stadiums and you know, again, it's it's been a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half since he's played football. So uh, as much as I love Deshaun Watson, I have him on a lot of my playoff teams ready to rock and roll for, you know, the end of the season. I definitely want to take a wait and see approach this first week. And, and I think Cleveland is going to be up big and I think they're going to be running the ball a ton. So uh, I don't really suspect a, a big week from Watson. Houston just played Miami this past week and, you know, they, they had two of pulled midway through the third quarter they were up that big so i don't think that cleveland's offense is anywhere near as potent as miami's offense but i do think that they could get a big lead and you know sort of just have watson in there handing the ball off a, a bunch for the last quarter and a half of this game or so yeah i i again i, I know we talked about stuff previous episodes and things like yeah i, I agree i think it's going to be a tricky first game uh if you have the cojones to put him out there as your starting quarterback, uh, you know, coming out totally, you know, in the gray, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Could he, could he go off? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, like you said, but is it going to be more of like weaning him back into pro football and, and kind of making sure that, you know, they don't do much and they're, they're a ground-based team so they can lean on that running game uh, uh, pretty hard. So yeah, I, I, I don't, Disagree with you. I think you probably got this one pegged pretty good. My tight end, my tight end, I keep doing this. Jesus. My quarterback sit of the week is going to be that Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. Um, 
again, hasn't had great numbers. Not that you maybe always look to start him. He might be, you know, a, a, a super flex option, maybe more for some people and things like that. But uh, this week, uh, his matchup couldn't be worse. He's going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. <sighs> yeah, uh, the best defense against the quarterback in fantasy football. Um, 15 interceptions. You know, they just smoked Aaron Rodgers out last night, knocked him out of the game. It is not good. Again, you're a team that's based on Derrick Henry running the football. Uh, you don't live off of that quarterback play. And again, also for those that stream and look for any type of advantage, he's not. He's not startable this week in any format. If you do, you're crazy. Could it's just not going to happen. I'm not even going to go any further. Ryan Tannehill, sit of the week at quarterback. Enough said. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over a ton, and Eagles picked him off twice in basically a less than three quarters of a game. So I agree. Not a not a great matchup for Tannehill. Also, don't believe in that game that Miles Sanders has a great matchup. He's going to be my running back sit of the week versus Tennessee. Sanders exploded last week. Versus the Packers for 143 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And the Eagles offense has been better this year than most people expected. And Sanders has been more involved in that offense. He's played over 61% of the snaps at running back for Philadelphia and has over 72% of the running back carries. He also has eight rushing touchdowns this year. That's eight more than he had all of last year. So he's, you know, he's obviously turned... Uh, you know, what was a pretty dismal 2021 into uh, a pretty good campaign here in 2022. This week, though, uh, I don't think Sanders finds much room to run the ball. The Titans are the fourth best team versus the running back in fantasy football, giving up only 18.4 PPR points per game to the position. They rank second in the league in rushing yards allowed at just over 82 per game. And have amazingly only given up two rushing touchdowns on the entire season. They've been very susceptible through the air, though, and I think that's where the Eagles can exploit them. I couldn't make AJ Brown my start of the week because he's pretty much an auto start every week, but I think he has a monster game against his former team this week. Miles Sanders, unfortunately, not so much. Yeah, I, I hear that. It's you know, it's the matchups, and and that's why I am uh, looking to sit. I really feel the whole offense, which hasn't been good, is is going to definitely take a beating. Um, but Latavius Murray, who has been basically turned into the running back one of the Denver Broncos, going up against the Baltimore Ravens this week. And uh, the Ravens, you know, uh, they didn't start out hot maybe so much on defense as a, a team aspect, but uh, they've come around. But in fantasy football purposes – uh, they're about fifth best against the running back position. And in our league of record coming into this week, they were they were ninth, but they've definitely improved. Uh, they haven't given up a thousand yards yet. They're actually one of the lowest in total yardage when it comes to that. Again, they always have strong defense, strong linebacker play. The dumpster fire that is the Denver Broncos and their offense this week going against a tough matchup like that against the Baltimore Ravens. I just don't see any potential for anybody coming out of that game. I think Baltimore's pretty ticked off. You know, they lost a tough one yesterday against Jacksonville. They kind of have a stranglehold on their division, yes, but they really need to kind of take the reins if they want to move up in the conference and host a playoff matchup instead of being on the road. 
Uh, you know, there's still, I think, some potential for, you know, a, a number one overall seed, stuff like that. Latavius Murray, for me, is going to be a sit this week. I don't see anything good happening to that offense as far as double-digit players and whatnot. Can't imagine anybody. You know, Russ can't cook. We know that. But I think the running game gets shut down to exploit him more. Uh, and, again, they just overall, that Baltimore defense is going to feast uh, on Denver. So sit Latavius Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray's become the Javante Williams somehow in this offense. Crazy. All right, so moving on to wide receiver, my sit of the week is going to be Curtis Samuel versus the New York Giants. Samuel came out of the gate on fire this season. It was actually a top 20 wide receiver through the first four weeks, but that was with Carson Wentz at quarterback, and since week eight, he hasn't had more than four targets in a game, and he actually had none this past week versus Atlanta. You know, sometimes certain quarterbacks have connections with certain wide receivers. It just doesn't seem like Heineke and Samuel have that connection. Heineke just tends to target Terry McLaurin a ton and not really a lot of, uh, you know, other options on the team, which I don't blame him. Terry McLaurin's a, a great wide receiver, but I think that's part of the reason why he struggles is because of the fact that he hyper targets one guy and it's a little bit easier to defend. And oh, by the way, they have to face a Giants defense this week. That's the fourth best versus the wide receiver position in fantasy, giving up just 28.5 PPR points per game total to the wide receiver position. And this game has one of the lowest over-unders on the slate in week 13 at just 40 and a half points. I don't expect much scoring in this one, and I definitely don't expect it from Curtis Samuel. You can sit him this week versus the New York Giants. All right. Here we go. Uh, I know nobody's going to take this the right way and, and whatever. I know uh, occasionally we go out on a limb for a start or more for a sit. Um, where normally I'd say this was even more of a fade. I really think that I really think that this is probably going to be a thing. I am sitting Justin Jefferson against the New York Jets. Um, I know he's, you know, the, the best wide receiver in football and, and number two in fantasy in our league of record. And, and I get all that, you know, he's had some monster games this season and, and has really shown his ability to make tough catches and, and really is that guy that again, anything you're talking about in, you know, dynasty keeper leagues, it, it's not even an afterthought. Um, most, <laughs> most receiving yards through the first three seasons, he set a record. Well, uh, I went back and looked a little bit, and obviously, no points were scored during a bye week. Um, I do remember a you know him having a little trouble here and there in certain games. Uh, he had a little bit of a clunker against the Eagles. Darius Slay kind of had him shut down pretty well, and, and that was a tough loss. They they won against Detroit the next week, but he was really a non-factor and and only ended up with 14 receiving yards and four points. Uh, and then recently uh, against the Dallas Cowboys just two weeks ago or two games ago, anyway, uh, he only amassed 6.3 points a game, 33 yards. Uh, I feel like when he's getting that heavy shadow coverage of, of a solid cornerback, you know, a, a top five, so to speak, that that's what happens. Obviously, this will be a big test for the Jets. Chances are one sauce Gardner, who has been ranked as the top rookie out of the first round, just out of all players, like on PFF, like, you know, and everybody's saying how he looks like he is legit. Um, you know, he's got that, that shutdown ability and, and really doesn't get beat up a lot in pass coverage, uh, a tiny bit leaky against run, you know, with contain and stuff like that. But overall, uh, I think he's going to be the guy that looks at this matchup. They both will. 
Um, and I think the Jets defense overall is really going to take it to, again, the wide receiver position where they are a top four team against wide receivers. You go and take a look at the Jets against the quarterback position. They're a solid top 10. I think those things factor in. And I think this is a game that Minnesota, if it gets away, they're not worried about losing as much because, again, they're in the driver's seat in their division. It's a non-conference game, so the tiebreakers wouldn't matter as much. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Justin Jefferson is going to have one of the worst games of his season. It's going to be this week against Sauce Gardner. I could be dead wrong, and he has his best game just to show off. But my gut is telling me nope, and I think Minnesota as a whole is going to struggle. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the rest of the gang, is, is going to be tough. Dalvin Cook will probably be maybe your most affable player uh, when it comes down to it. But Justin Jefferson, you're not going to do it. I get it. You're not going to do it. But uh, when it comes back at the end of the week, you look at the points, uh, he'll be worthy of a sit this week. All right. that's. Uh, I think that's you've, you've made some – You've made some ballsy calls in the in the past. That's the the ballsiest one I've seen so far. So we'll see how that one turns out. At the tight end position, I'm going to sit Mike Gesicki versus the San Francisco 49ers. Now Gesicki's one of those guys who can pop any week just because of how explosive the Dolphins' offense is. Unfortunately for him, he hasn't been a major piece of that offense so far this season. He's only got 24 receptions on 35 targets. And to make things worse, the 49ers are really tough versus the tight end position. They're the fifth best team versus tight ends in fantasy, giving up just about nine points per game to the position. And that's in PPR scoring. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just account for too much of this team's passing targets. They account for a little over 55% of the team targets. And now you're mixing in, uh, you know, Mostert if he's healthy. Jeff Wilson, who's a good pass catching back, you know, all those guys are also soaking up some of the targets that are available for Gesicki. And to me, it's just as good as the Dolphins offense is and, and as many points as they, you know, could potentially score this week. It's just, I don't know. I just don't see Gesicki being any more involved than he has been. And especially against a team who does a really good job at taking the tight end away. Uh, I just am I'm looking to find another option if I have Gesicki as my starting tight end this week. For sure. Yeah, that was one I had circled, actually. But I, I saw you had him, and, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think, yeah, he's got a, a shot to just be staying in, blocking, you know, doing stuff like that. Not not a factor uh, on, on anybody's roster for this week. Uh, another guy, I think, who is, you know, going to start to hurt a little bit. You know, he had a couple big breakout games, and we were like, you know, it's finally cold commit season. Obviously, Justin Fields being banged up with the shoulder, uh, you know, he didn't have a great game with Trevor Simeon. At the end of the day, uh, you can't start him this week, I don't think, against Green Bay. You could probably find a better option. If, he, if he's your guy, you know, he might get you four or five points. But I think until Justin Fields is back and healthy and that offense is clicking the way it was for a few weeks, this is not going to be a, a, a good matchup. Again, it's not like Green Bay is is lights out against the the tight end position per se or anything like that. They kind of give up around like six points a game. That might help you a little bit, but that's probably not going to help get you over the top. But I, I feel like, again, that team is, uh, again, just in a bad spot, the Bears, with, with whoever is quarterbacking, unless it's a healthy Justin Fields and that has an effect on Cole Komet. For those of you out there, I think you can find a better option, both streaming and possibly just for the concept of a waiver wire pickup. And finally, moving on to the defense, I am actually a little, I don't know, I guess I'm in the opposite camp 
as you with this whole Jets Minnesota thing. The Jets are a top five actual defense, uh, you know, not fantasy wise, but actual defense in the league, in my opinion. They're designed to shut down the passing attack, which is basically what this league is right now. I think, unfortunately for them, the Vikings can run the ball if they have to. They haven't done it for as many yards as I'd like to see, but they're tied for seventh in the NFL with 12 rushing touchdowns. And as good as Sauce Gardner has been this year, I don't know how he's going to handle Justin Jefferson. I know that Jefferson has been shut down a couple times this season, but in both of those games, the pass rush had really gotten to Kirk Cousins, and that had been why he you know, hasn't been able to find Jefferson in those games. Both of those games were against the top two pass rush teams in the league. Now the Jets are good. They're a good pass rushing team, but they're not what the Cowboys defensive line is. And, and I'm not saying that the Jets defense won't play well. It's just that the Vikings are really good at scoring points in multiple ways, and they really don't turn the ball over there much. They're, they're tied for eighth uh, with only 12 turnovers on the season. And while I do love the Jets' defense in real life, like I said, they have a really tough road ahead in the upcoming weeks. And I think it starts this week in Minnesota where they're going to be playing on the road. And uh, where the over-under for this game is actually the fifth highest on uh, on the week. And I think that, you know, especially with Mike White at quarterback now, I think both teams could could put some points on the board and, and that could spell – uh, a pretty tough day for for both of these defenses. I think this is going to be a, a higher scoring game than than most people believe. Uh, uh, I, I I know you and I disagree. So that is uh, that is where we shall. This is going to make her, leave it. That game's going to make or break this week. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I'll, I'll I'll enjoy that very much. So finally, last but not least, defensive. Sit of the week, kind of picked on it for a smidge, talking uh, of one angle. But uh, the Denver Broncos, who have had a pretty solid fantasy defense, for say, uh, you know, for a lot of parts of of this season, uh, yeah, not going to happen this week for a few reasons. First of all, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens don't really turn the football over a lot, so you're not going to get a lot of that. They're actually plus eight in the turnover battle. Uh, a few more picks than, than fumbles lost, so you're not looking at that. Uh, that quarterback that plays for the Ravens is is a guy who's pretty good. We know Lamar Jackson can single-handedly take over some football games. The Ravens really kind of control the football, you know, with all the banged-up running backs that they have. It's kind of like the moxie, the, that division where, where they do ground and pound to the tune of about 163 yards a game on the ground. So you're not going to give the football up. You're going to just sit there and kind of bleed the defense out. And last but not least, you know, we, we always talk about it. We've mentioned it a few times that uh, watching, uh, you know, some of the highlights and seeing that member of the defense kind of laying into to Russell Wilson a little bit. I feel like this squad and Pat, you and I talked about it before the show that this defensive squad for Denver has really done everything they could to keep this team afloat throughout the season. And I think they're tired. I, I think they see, you know, an inept coach and a cooked quarterback that's costing them games and wins and that are you know, they're leaving it out there for them. So the end of the day, I think that some of that is not so much a mutiny, not guys quitting and so much, but yeah, I don't see themselves laying down and dying to, to win football games from here on out, not for a coach and a quarterback that they don't believe in. And I think Baltimore is just a team to run them off the field. Probably going to win by double digits easily. It strikes me as it could be one of those like 
38 to three or 38 to 10 finals that that just really kind of blows a team's doors off and and that would pretty much do it for uh the broncos possible negative points uh <laughs> when it's all said and done because even baltimore can beat you in special teams too yeah baltimore is uh they've struggled a little bit on offense recently but they definitely have the potential to blow up at any point in time i think they struggle you know with their wide receiver position really i mean they traded Hollywood Brown and then they lost Rashad Bateman to injury earlier this season. And they just, I mean, if it's not Mark Andrews, it's, they just haven't really seemed to have been able to find it on offense. Hopefully uh, Lamar Jackson will run the ball a little bit more as I think that's something that even good defenses can't really defend against unless you have a, a player who is just super athletic, uh, you know, the safety position or something that can spy it's really difficult to, to stop a guy like Lamar Jackson from, from moving the football if he really wants to just drop back to pass and then pull it down and run whenever he sees a lane. It's it's almost impossible to stop. So uh, I do think that that could get really bad for the Broncos in this one. I do agree. All right, well, that's going to do it for our starts and sits this week. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a good week like we did last week. Two weeks ago, we, we absolutely sucked. Last week, we did really well, actually. I said both of us more than 50% correct. So that's, that's a good sign. Hopefully we're moving in the right direction. We can keep that going. You, uh, you want to hit them with our uh, socials again before we head out for, for the night? Absolutely. Again, we appreciate everyone out there who is listening or, uh, you know, Hey, if you want to help grow the brand here at the nine route, uh, we are at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, uh, on Twitter, we are at the nine route one also at scott from delco and our website is www.the9roundffb.com we are available on apple podcast podbean youtube uh, you can listen like subscribe we do really appreciate for everyone out there to be a part of the show and subscribe you know you may not listen to every episode but hey the ones you do hopefully we help get you a little further into your fantasy league closer to taking that deep dive all the way to a fantasy football championship. Before we head out, we just want to thank Mickey's pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle Mickey's pub, 327 East main street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. And that is going to do it for us for this week. I think you could make up a little bit of ground here. I'm looking at these starts and sits, and I'm, I'm actually a little – this is probably the first week I'm a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it turns out. But uh, I think you made some good picks this week, some really tough – you're going to be tough to beat. I will say that. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, and technically should – if I do get the Justin Jefferson one right, I'd just like to hope that maybe I get some bonus points. So, you know, well, <laughs> tactically, you know, taking a number one, not big guy. But, hey, take some risks. That's what you do. No risk it, no biscuit. Uh, speaking of that, folks, thanks again for week 13 starts and sits. That is Pat. I am Scott, and we will talk to you next week, week 14. Peace.